Hey everybody and welcome back to I Just Want to Talk About the Bible. If this is your first time joining us today, then let me just welcome you and say that I'm very glad that you're here. My name is Christian Keeter and I live in the southeast of the United States of America with my amazing, beautiful, godly wife, Lacey, and our two wonderful daughters, Felicity and Serenity. So before we get into the content of today's episode, I just want to share a brief update with you guys about something new with the podcast. As of now, the podcast is officially a 501c3 nonprofit organization. This is something that has been in the works for many months now, even stretching back into last year, um, at which time uh, my wife Lacey and I began to get this sense that perhaps the Lord is leading us in, in this direction. And, you know, we sought the Lord, we sought counsel from other people, and I actually have a document on my computer. And in this document, there are there's confirmation after confirmation. Like, there are just all these really cool dots that are connecting that um that just serve to confirm that this is the direction that the Lord wants us to move and and he's really just kind of paved the way ahead of us. And so like I said this has been in the the pro, uh in process for the past number of months because as any of you know who have um walked a similar path, you don't start an organization overnight. It it takes a it takes a little bit of time. So, but it is official now. I want to share it with you guys. Um in the past, I've been asked how people can give to um, support the podcast, and uh, at that time, there there was no way to do so, but now there is a way to do so, and um, so obviously, there's zero pressure to do so. There's you know no no coercion or anything like that. I mean, I'm going to continue to do this because I believe God has told me to, and I believe that this is you know what the Lord wants, and so I'm going to continue to do this, but uh, for those of you who do feel so led, um, I'll put a link in the podcast Uh, episode descriptions, starting with this one, just moving forward. Um, That says, if you feel so led, you can support the podcast by clicking here. And then there's a little bit more information. And I also put it, I also put it like in the description of the, the, the podcast show itself, just to make it, you know, easy to find. And one, just a couple more notes about that. Like I said, we're a 501c3, meaning that if you do feel led to give towards it, um, that any, uh, any contribution made towards it can, um, it's tax deductible. It can be written off when you do your taxes. And so we are excited. We're excited to see what the Lord is going to do with this because we believe that he has called us to do it and therefore he has a plan um, with what he wants to do with it and and the future of the nonprofit and the things in addition to the podcast that um, hopefully the nonprofit will uh, be able to do as things unfold, which I'll keep you updated as um, as new things come down the pipes. But for the time being, I just want to let you guys know about this opportunity for anyone who feels so led. So having said all of that, let's get into the content for today. So for today, I just want to invite you guys on a journey that I have been going on um, and share with you some of the things that I feel like the Lord has been showing me because I believe that if he is showing them to me and depositing these things in my heart and speaking to me through these things, that he'll do the same with you guys as well. I don't, with these podcasts, I don't I don't just want to come here and say, okay, let me just put together a good lesson and let me teach a lesson. No, I, I want to, you know, share with you guys what the Lord is showing me. I want the content of these episodes to be really, um, I don't know, led by the Spirit. And so I'm just going to, with today, I'm still in this process myself, but I just believe even what the Lord has shown me thus far um, could potentially help um, someone who's listening, and I, I, I certainly hope that it will. So, we all encounter trials. We all encounter pain and, and suffering and, and struggles 
um, this side of heaven. We, it's just, we just, we just do. I mean, Jesus in John 16, 33, he said, I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so we see that, you know, no matter what circumstance we're in, um, we can have peace in the Lord. No matter what's going on circumstantially, we can have peace in the Lord. However, also in this verse, Jesus says, in the world, you will have tribulation. And and you can already agree with that. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, then you have, you've been through stuff. Some of it has been relatively minor and you were able to move on, you know, more or less quickly. Other things were traumatic and devastating and then everywhere in between. But the point is, we've all faced things. And you might even be facing something right now. And if you are, I I just really hope that this episode serves as an encouragement to you and that you see how just tender and um, compassionate the Lord is uh, through what we talk about today. So, um, like I said, I've, I've been kind of on my own little journey with this as well, because I think I've shared this on the podcast before, but there is an area of my life that the Lord has highlighted to me where there is unresolved pain and, and hurt and, um, just unresolved sadness that's been, you know, that's been lingering from an event that happened many, many years ago, long time ago. Um, it's an event where, an event where I didn't do anything wrong. It's just one of those events where you just, you know, things just seem to kind of happen and and then there's suffering. And so uh, the Lord brought it back up a number of years ago and and allowed me to see how I actually felt about it versus how I thought I felt about it. And I came to see, oh, there's a lot of sadness surrounding this whole thing still that I thought was just totally in the past. And so I was talking to my mentor about this and he basically encouraged me to seek the Lord and, 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 and simply put, basically just ask the Lord, what he was accomplishing through all of this. Because remember, Romans 8, 28, 8, 29 says, um, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And so looking at this verse, it's just like, okay, as, as we look at our struggles and our sufferings, you no, know, this, this is for the, this is for those who love God. This is going to be for believers, right? And it says that all things work together for good. And then it says that it talks about us being conformed to the image of Jesus. And so, you know, as I look at the situation, the question is, I have to realize, okay, somehow, some way, the Lord is using this situation for my good and to conform me to make me look more like Jesus. And so as I was praying that, you know, over the course of the following, I guess like a couple of weeks or, I don't know, a week or two, I, yeah, probably two weeks, I, um, I felt like the Lord brought at least three things up and showed me three things um, that are that are kind of happening uh, in me as a result of as a result of just this this whole situation and bringing it before the Lord and and seeking Him and um, and seeking to you know for Him to heal that. So if you're in the middle of something or you're just carrying around some sort of hurt, I I hope that this will be a um, a, a breath of fresh air. You know, they say uh, the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. And so that, uh, simply put, when it comes to us going through difficult circumstances, we can either be softened or hardened, right? Um, it's, we can, we can, we can be softened or, um, 
and, and become even more tender, more tender towards the Lord, more tender towards other people, or it can become hardened and embittered. And how we respond to what happens to us will determine which of those two things happens to us. And so before I even get into these three things, I just want to take us back to Matthew 11 really quickly and read the wonderful promise of Jesus um, just to keep us, I don't know, just to keep the Lord's heart in front of us as we talk about these things. So Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you're in, you know, struggles, pain, when you're carrying something, first come to Jesus. Just just run to the Lord. Take it to him. And that flows right into our very first of the three things that I feel like the Lord really showed me. So as I was praying for the Lord to show me kind of what he was doing through this and what he's accomplishing and just basically that sort of stuff, one of the places that I feel like he led me was 2 Corinthians 1, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 4, and then I'll comment. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so Paul's talking here, and he's saying this, but in inside of what Paul is saying, we just... There's something so wonderful and so beautiful. So one, I mean, first off, he refers to, he's, he's talking about God, and he refers to him as the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Now, remember, who's behind the, you know, the, the authoring of the scriptures? It's going to be the Holy Spirit at the end of the day working through humans, right? And so the Lord, this is how the Lord describes himself here. The Father of mercies and God of all comfort. And it goes on to say in verse 4, who comforts us in not some, not many of, but in all our affliction. Who comforts us in all our affliction. And then, listen, it flows, you know, the, the love and comfort of God flows into us and then it flows out to others. So that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And so one of the first things I just realized that the Lord was doing through this situation in, in my life, I, I really believe, and this, this also applies to, you know, your struggles as well, is he is, well, he's like wrapping his arms around me. I'm getting to experience his comfort. I'm getting to experience his comfort in an incredible way, and it's drawing me closer to the Lord because I can lean on him. And I, it's, I don't know, it's almost just like I, I get to experience his consolation. I get to experience his embrace, so to speak. I get to experience him just carrying me and taking care of me. And as a result of that, I'm closer to him. I'm closer to him because of that. I'm, I'm closer because... I mean, he's, he's picked me up, he's carried me, he's, you know, and so I, I, I hope this is making sense, but it goes on. Like it says, who comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. Because of the things that I've been through, I can help people who are going through similar things. And the same is true for you. And you know this, when you've been through something and then you talk to somebody else who's also been through it, there's a measure of understanding and relatability that's unique, right? Like I'm, they, 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 they understand. And so that's, it's a very helpful thing where it's like, okay, God is going to, you know, God can totally bind up these wounds. 
You know, as, as bad as whatever the situation is or was, the Lord's comfort can override all that. It's kind of like where he says his grace is sufficient for us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Remember that when, when Paul was praying and asked the Lord three times to take away the thorn of his flesh? And then how did the Lord respond? He said, you know, that his grace was sufficient for him and that his power was, power was made uh, power is made perfect in weakness. And it's just like the grace of God, the grace of God is greater than any trauma, any pain, any mistake, any hurt. Like when the grace of God floods in, it it can it just covers everything. And we know that God opposes the proud because grace to the humble. You know, we see that in James 4, 6, 1 Peter 5, 5. In Matthew 23, 12, Jesus says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And so we see as far as this comfort from the Lord, is, he says he comforts us in all our affliction. The first thing is we just got to come to him. We have to come to him and say, Lord, you are the father of mercies and God of all comfort. And you comfort me in all my affliction. Thank you that you carry me. Thank, thank you that you comfort me. And thank you that I want to experience you in a new way through this process of being comforted by you. And I know that you can heal far better than anyone can hurt. And that's just a really important thing. And you've seen people like this. You have. You've seen people who have passed through things, and yet they're filled with joy and they love the Lord. It's like, well, how can this be? They've been comforted by God. Comforted by God. And so that's one of the first things. That's the first thing that the Lord really showed me. Um, but we got to come to him. You know what I mean? That's one of the first big things. It's just like between someone who becomes embittered versus somebody who becomes softened is it's like, well, what do they do with it? What do they do with it? They, and so first we need to run to the Lord. Later in this exact same passage is something else that was really encouraging to me. Down in verses 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians 1, um, Paul is explaining a little bit about what had been going on um, with him and in and, and his life and his ministry. Remember, he's writing to the believers at Corinth, and he says, um, beginning in verse 8 and through verse 9, For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the, uh, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. So let me just pause there and say, okay, things are really bad. You know, that was verse 8. He's talking about a situation. It was, it was very, very bad. But then he continues in verse 9. He says, indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. That's the end of the passage. I love that. How he says, we felt like he says, um, he says, we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. He says that this affliction was so crushing. That's how it seemed. But then how does he say he talks about God who raises the dead? And I, and I love, I love what he did there. What does he say? He says, but this was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. As we come to the Lord, as we seek God, as we come to him in our struggles, in our pain, in our suffering, we learn to rely on him. And, um, you know, the, the rug gets pulled out from the, from under the feet of pride because, you know, when things are difficult, we, I mean, when things are going just fine, you know, we could really easily quickly try to, you know, lean on our own and things like that. And so, but whenever we're just really clinging to the Lord, uh, we learn to really rely on him. Now, ideally, that reliance on him that we learn in the valley follows us on the mountaintop. So we maintain that same sort of posture um, because, you know, life is full of mountains and valleys. And, um, and, and so, but, but it teaches us how to rely on God if we respond to this properly. So you know, the first thing is that it teaches us, you know, or we, we experience the comfort of God. We grow closer to him in really incredible ways. Second, um, 
we will come to uh, rely on him in new ways. And in these were, and let me just say this, guys, as I was seeing this stuff with regard to my circumstance, my heart was filled with like gratitude. And it's um, where I'm just like, man, the Lord really is bringing good out of all this. He really is doing something wonderful. And, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be changed this entire process. And then the third thing, and this is the one where we'll spend the, the bulk of our time is, uh, in fact, let me open up another document that I have right here where I've been taking some notes, is that through the process, I realized as a result of this sort of stuff that, you know, I went through that the Lord um, was seeking to develop meekness in me meekness. Now, I could sit here and go off on this entire thing about just uh, defining meekness, describing it, um, talking about the Greek word, but I'll be honest with you guys, I'm still in the process of learning myself, and so we're going to talk more about what it looks like than give you a like specific textbook definition of sorts. And so meekness is going to be closely related to the ideas of like humility and, and gentleness, um, and in fact, in Matthew 11, I know I just said I wasn't going to get too much into the Greek word, but but the word that is translated as meek in, okay, in Matthew 5, Matthew 5, 5, it says, um, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. That same word that's translated as meek there is translated as gentle in Matthew 11:29, where Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And so we see just even from that, it's like, okay, the idea of meekness, the idea is that um, uh, of, is of gentleness, um, and you've probably heard um, meekness is power under control. You might have heard that. Uh, you might have heard it being compared to a horse that has been tamed. If you have a wild horse, that horse is is useless to anybody and is a danger to everyone that's around. I mean, you get close to a wild horse, it'll kick you in the face. It's like, that's not useful. No one's riding that thing. But a horse that has been tamed, a horse that is meek, it's the power. Of, or it's the picture of power under control. And that horse will submit to the rider. It'll submit to the bit and the bridle in its mouth and, you know, all of this. And, and it will be, you know, ridden and, and led. And so we see that the process of being tamed, as it were, the process of learning meekness, that's something that we that we learn. We're not born meek. Um, we're born self-centered, uh, which is going to be one of the opposites of meekness. But before we go on, let's let's look at a few more scriptures where we get the idea of what meekness looks like. So Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So there again, there's the word gentleness that's connected, that's related to the word um, translated as meek, that's... um. Like meek can also mean gentle, meekness, gentleness. And so that's a, that's another place we see it. And so we talk about, look, it's connected here with humility, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. This is describing a person who's not quick to anger, who um, who is who's humble, who's patient, who is slow to anger with people. They, they bear with one another in love. Uh, let's go and also get Galatians chapter five. We I'm pulling it up right now. Galatians chapter five, twenty-two through twenty-three talks about the fruit of the spirit. Well-known passage. 
It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And that word gentleness is going to be the same word that was, you know, that's related to the word for meekness um, or related to the word for meek. And so we, um, we, we see that we're beginning to see a little bit more about what this is. It's like, okay, the meek person, they're gentle. They are um, not quick to anger. They're humble. They, they bear with people. And let me come over here to, um, this is a passage that I've been thinking about with, with meekness quite a bit recently that I've really loved. It's down here. It's talking about talking about Jesus in 1 Peter 2, 22 through 24. It says, He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. So that's verse 22. And so I mean, obviously Jesus is, is sinless. Um, he, he never sinned. And Jesus did everything perfectly. So he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. But then listen to verse 23, because this describes what meekness looks like. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. And then he goes on to say in verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. But that description in verses 22 through, or verses, uh, in verse 23, rather, um, that's a picture of meekness. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who just, uh, judges justly. And so we see that trusting in God is an ind- indispensable component of biblical, like, humility and meekness. It is like saying, okay, you know, I trust the Lord with my circumstances. I trust the Lord with with what's going on. I'm going to, you know, do things God's way. I'm not going to try to take matters into my own hands because I know, you know, I because I trust the Lord. And so Philippians chapter two, I'm just I'm just trying to paint a picture a little bit here. So Philippians chapter two, um, verses three through four, um, says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so that's, that's a picture of what it looks like. And then Paul goes on to say the following about Jesus. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so all in all, I just read Philippians 2 verses 3 through 11. But Jesus there perfectly illustrates what meekness looks like. He, Though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Well, what did he do? It says he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And then goes on to say, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so that is the perfect image of what meekness looks like. And so he took the form of a servant. He So let me just... um. Let me explain what meekness looks like, because there's a way that it looks like in our relationship towards the Lord and in a way that it looks towards other people, um, I believe. And so towards the Lord, and I'm using some verbiage from the guy who disciples me. He says, you know, what what surrender looks like, which, by the way, meekness will lead to surrender. Um, it is 
and trust in God is is connected to meekness as well. Like these these two concepts are very closely related. Because um, I can be meek if I trust the Lord. If I trust that He sees me, He knows what's going on in my circumstances. Um, I can I can trust Him. And so, um, meekness towards the Lord is basically not shaking our fist at the heavens when things don't go our way. Meekness to the, before the Lord is surrendering before him, putting everything on the altar, and trusting the Lord, walking in obedience to him. And we see that here where, you know, Jesus says, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so meekness you know, just it's, I love that illustration, and it's not original with me, but like I said, it, it originated with the guy who disciples me, but it's just not shaking our fist at the heavens when things don't necessarily go our way. Now, meekness towards other people, it's just like back up here, where it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so putting others first, not cutting ahead in line, running to the back of the line, being a servant. Um, in fact, let me share with you some ways. I have a, a list here in a document, some ways of what it looks like for me to grow in meekness in my own life. Um, and this first one is, is uh, well, I'm just, I'll just read it. Not becoming frustrated or angry with other drivers and refusing to compete with them. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there's times when I'm on the road where I'm tempted to get frustrated. But since I feel like the Lord has really been showing me this, I've been intentional to, you know, just not do the thing you do on the road where you compete with people, you know, where somebody's trying to pass you and you speed up or something like that. And where it's just like, no, no, I'm just going to, if they want to, if they want to get ahead, I'll let them. And I'm okay with them thinking that they just one up to me. I'm okay with that. I don't have anything to prove. Meekness doesn't have anything to prove. Meekness is gentle. It's it's not angry. Um, one of the opposites of meekness is going to be anger, and, and we'll we'll talk more about that in just a, in a minute, probably. Um, so an, another example is um, not. Let's see here. Um, okay, being gentle and not being irritable. That's that's another way. Uh, it, for, you know, to, to be meek, um, not getting defensive when people disagree with or challenge me. Uh, and there are times I have guys where it's like, if somebody disagrees with me or challenges me, um, I, I feel, you know, threatened or, or, you know, disrespected or something and I could get defensive and angry. And so if I'm being meek, that's not going to happen. Um, let's see here, not needing to be given credit. So if I have some sort of idea and then that idea catches on somewhere and my name is never mentioned, um, that's okay. Uh, you know, there's, and we could, we could go and I'm still adding to this list. These are just a few items pulled out of the list. Um, not becoming angry at the Lord when circumstances don't go the way that I wanted and not placing a time limit on God, on God regarding current circumstances. And so that's just, these are some that I, you know, that I've, that I've said here. And at this point, you might be wondering what meekness has to do with the rest of this podcast at all. You're like, you're just talking about some sort of situation. And now you're talking about meekness. Uh, how, what does meekness have to do with the former conversation about trials? Just hang with me and it'll all come together. Okay. Um, so there's just a, just a couple of quick notes. Um, my mentor gave me a handout, a couple of handouts that talked about, you know, meekness. And, and I wanted to share just a couple of the notes from that to, to fill out the picture even more. As we know, Jesus perfectly modeled meekness. Um, we learn it 
through coming to him. Like it says, come to me. So we need to come to Jesus, ask him to teach. Remember, meekness, gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. We don't just, you know, force out meekness. It's like we need to come to the Lord, take his yoke upon us, learn from him. But honestly, I already read you Matthew eleven twenty eight. So here in John chapter 6, we see um, power under control, meekness with the Lord. John six thirty eight, Jesus says, he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's meek. Not to do our own will, but the will of God. Uh, at the end of Matthew, let's see, I believe it's Matthew 27. Nope, Matthew 26, 52. Beginning of verse 52, it says, uh, Then Jesus said to him, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is after, you know, Peter takes out the sword and cuts off Malchus's ear. Um, beginning in verse 52, it says, Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you not, or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? So, stopping there, so Jesus, he could have called, you know, he could have, what did he say? He said, I could have appealed to my father and he would have sent more than 12 legions of angels. And so that's power under control. Jesus is here about to be taken to the cross, not using power that he does have because he knows what the will of God is. Like he said, um, he says, uh, but how then should the scripture, should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? And so we see that um, that's power under control. Jesus perfectly models this. And uh, meek, like I said, meekness and trusting God are completely inseparable. Um, Another note, and this is, we've already kind of touched on this, is a meek person is more concerned about others than himself. I'm just quoting from this document. And this one was really good. It says, meekness is tested when others are rude to us. How we respond when others are rude to us is, um, is going to be an indicator of how we're doing with meekness. Um, and I, I, I could, you know, say, you know, more about all of this, but I, I don't want to just, right, let's move on. Let's just move on to the next thing. There's, this is how this is all tying together. I was listening to a sermon by Pete Scazzaro, whom I've mentioned on this podcast before. He has the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast, which I've been very, very blessed by. And he did one on Matthew 5, 5, which talks about, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And he talked about how, um, you know, I'm just going to read a quote that he said. I'm going to read this quote, because this is how it all ties together. He said, People who are meek are people who have suffered well. I don't think we find meek people who haven't suffered. Now, we've all suffered, right? We already talked about this, but I just want to say it's just like if we suffer well, to use his comments, if we respond to this properly, then it can develop meekness in us, and the Lord can use a situation to develop meekness in us. And I, and I say the Lord can. The Lord can do whatever he wants, but we can be cooperating with what the Lord could be doing through this. And so something else I jotted down from that message that he said was, um, I wrote, um, it's not a direct quote, but this is close to something he said. I wrote, if we bring our suffering to God, we become soft. Otherwise, we become hardened. And, you know, I think it's, I find it interesting that in the Beatitudes, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth is the third one. It comes after blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. When we're mourning, if we, you know, if we bring that to the Lord, then that can develop and the Lord, you know, can use that situation to develop meekness in us. And so for me, I'm looking at my situation here. And this sort of thing. And I realized as I was listening to this sermon, that meekness that the Lord you know, I think was seeking to develop meekness in me through this circumstance. 
and I'm you know so thankful for that. I want to cooperate with the Lord um, with that. And so what I did was I, I wrote out a declaration, and this is you know connected to the episodes leading up to this one about this. Um, just something I've been trying to say recently to to help me to cooperate with the Lord. And this is how the declaration goes about um, meekness. I wrote, "The Lord is teaching me meekness. I don't get angry when things don't go my way." The times when I'm insulted, criticized, slandered, spoken against, or disrespected are simply the training grounds for learning meekness. And underneath that, I have the First Peter 2 passage. I already read about Jesus, but I also wrote Proverbs 16.32 that says, Whoever is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And meekness, uh, the one who is meek, is slow to anger. Absolutely slow to anger. And so I just... um. You know, I like I said, this is this this episode is probably a little bit gritty and and not super polished, and I'm kind of in the middle of this myself. But I'm sharing this with you guys now, and I wanted to just share with you where I am in this process, and because uh, I believe that it would you know hopefully encourage someone who's listening. So if you're in the middle of something, or even if you feel like I still am carrying the weight of something that happened, I just want to encourage you: one, take it to God and let Him comfort you like experience him as the father of mercies and God of all comfort and then thank him that you're going to be able to help other people um, as a result of the comfort that you're going to experience by his hand Two, thank him that is teaching you to rely on him because listen it's God's will that we you know give thanks in circumstances period regardless like I've, I've I, it says it explicitly in the Bible it says first Thessalonians 5 16 through 18 rejoice always pray without ceasing give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and so I'm just saying you know since Romans 8 28 is true and the Lord is going to bring good out of it you can thank God for that you can say thank you Lord that I'm going to experience you in a new way and be comforted by you thank you Lord that you're teaching me how to comfort other people thank you God that you're teaching me how to rely on you and not on myself. And so the second thing, learning how to rely on God. And the third thing is, thank you, Lord, that you're teaching me meekness, because I know that as I come to you with the pain, you know, this, this can be used in my life to make me meek. It can be used to, um, to humble me, uh, to really, uh, you know, if I suffer well, if I respond to this pain, if I, if I bring it to the Lord, uh, again, the, the way that Pete Scazzaro said it basically, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but if we bring our suffering to God, we become soft. Otherwise, we become hardened. And uh, just one quick final note I do want to include, because somebody might hear this and think that they should stay in an awful situation and think that that is meekness, like if you're in a dangerous situation or something like that. And no, that's not that's that's not what I'm suggesting to do. Like if somebody were in an abusive relationship and then they said, well, I just want to be meek, I'm going to stay here. I'm just going to stay here and allow, you know, myself and and maybe even the children to continue to be abused or something awful. And it's like, that's not meekness. That is actually just empowering someone to be evil. That's all that is. That is just um, allowing somebody else to continue in their evil there without actually feeling any effect of like sowing and reaping, right? Which we know uh, is, is a biblical principle, you know, uh, sowing and reaping. And so and I'll give you an example from the Bible. Do you remember in the Old Testament when David was in the service of Saul and um, Saul tried to uh, spear David to the wall more than once? He he hurled the spear at him, um, like I said, more than once. And, uh, and what did David ultimately do? He fled. Uh, he, he didn't, it doesn't seem that he fled after the first time it happened, but he did flee. He ran for his life. And so we see that David did just not stay around. You know, it's like, 
up 49 times, Saul missed again, up 50 times, he'll get me eventually. No, it's like he, he left. He fled. He ran for his life. And so I use that example with David just to say that meekness does not mean just staying in an awful, dangerous, life-threatening, or harmful situation. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. And if you are in that situation, then, um, then and, and again, these situations can be really complex, and you need, you need to let people know so they can help you. You need to bring godly people into this. You know, Galatians 6.1, it's a passage or a verse I've quoted on this podcast many times. I'm sorry, Galatians 6.2, rather. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And Galatians 6.1 is actually, it's also relevant. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. And so the person who's the wrongdoer needs to be confronted, um, and, and the person who's oppressed needs to be protected. And so I say all that just to say as, as a disclaimer. So, But I hope that, you know, as you listen to this, that... One, that it made sense, because like I said, I know that it's gritty. And two, I hope that it encouraged you um, and will somehow uh, help you. But um, let me... um let me let me let me pray for you guys real quick. Let's pray, actually, and then and then we'll wrap up. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all the people listening, God. We just need your help so much, Lord, and we ask you, Lord, would you comfort us in our affliction? We know that you will. It's written in your word. Help us to come to you. And Lord, help us to rely on you and not on ourselves. And Lord, teach us meekness. Help us to be meek. Help us to be usable, Lord. Help us to be like a, a, a tamed horse, Lord, where there's power under control, Lord, where we are uh, the most useful to you that we can be and of the greatest benefit to the people around us. And so, Lord, I just pray for everybody listening to this right now, everyone who hears my voice. Lord, I just pray that you bless them and that you encourage them that even now, even now as they hear this, that they feel your presence in a very... Um, very special way and that you encourage them and just show them how much that you love them. But God, we love you and we praise in Jesus name. Amen. All right, guys, until next time, God bless you.